0: Our personal life story is at its best when it harmonizes with his design and fits into his grand narrative. What do you think about that, that really big framework? there, friend. This is Jesus Smart the Podcast, episode number 51. And the horizon that we're after here is that Jesus knows how this life works best in the now. The future is his. And here's the mind bender. We're starting to experience that future in the present. A friend and influencer in podcasting, Tom Schwab of interviewvalet.com, thinks with me on this one. Here's a question for you. How are you doing with living intentionally, strategically, even tactically, and moving toward a preferred future? This is the second in a short series on cultivating gratitude and an abundance mindset and mixing all of that with planning and goal setting as you approach and engage new seasons. You know, I was talking with someone today, and I mentioned that life is made up of seasons, and the Creator works through the principle of seasons in our lives. Research is linking an attitude of gratitude with goal setting, and that helps us. It positions us to really hit new levels, hit the marks, and moves us toward a better future. In this episode, Tom and I discuss trends in podcasting, why you should be listening to podcasting, and why you should even consider guesting on specific podcasts. If you're an influencer, maybe a business person, Uh, I don't want to limit it just to those two areas, though. If you're interested in that, consider interviewvalet.com. But then we get into the topic and we discuss reframing our year into 12-week periods, really conceiving of it as a 12-week period year. Tom mentions that 12 months is just too long to stay excited about goals and objectives. We need to break it down into 12-week periods and review at the end of each period and reapproach the next quarter. I'm a big believer in that concept, and I'm looking to really implement that this year. Tom mentions that a work-life balance may not always be the best way to think about your lifestyle. And we discuss yielding to God's plan. You know, he's God, and guess what? We are not. And just maybe, just maybe, we need to listen and see what his higher plans are. And there's much more, so let's get into the conversation with Tom Schwab. All right, welcome listeners to Jesus Smart, the podcast, and I'm super excited to chat with Tom Schwab. Uh, a friend and a, just a stellar guy from Kalamazoo, Michigan. This is the second in our series called Achieve. Uh, in part one, we talked with J.C. Falto. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that. I think these things are going to build over this four part series we have four different contributors and Tom I'm just so excited to chat with you today how are you doing how is kalamazoo how is the snow we're recording this in <laughs> january what's what's happening in kalamazoo well
1: Brian it's great to talk with you i mean the uh, the only thing better would be if we were uh, sitting together having a cup of coffee but uh you know it's always amazing um just when we talk the the things that come up and there's so many times in the past that we've talked uh that it's like wow i wish i would have recorded that because there was a lot of wisdom in that and i think it's just you know uh, there's a lot of problems in the world but there is no better time to be alive and uh you know the uh the blessings that we have that uh, we can share this discussion and um with people wherever they are so mm-hmm. I, I'm just excited to be here
0: yeah it's really amazing technology isn't it podcasting I'm I'm I mean you know I'm seeing people listening in the province of Yukon and Canada you know other nations England Sweden different states. What's interesting to me, I live in Ohio and, you know, I have a lot of relationships in Ohio, of course, but I'm getting most listenership in terms of states from Illinois. How do you Explain that. I, I have no idea why that's happening.
1: Well, being a native of Illinois, uh, I'm you know I'm going to say that just because Illinois people are so smart. I think so. Um,
0: I think it's Chicago or, or, or just the general <laughs> IQ of Illinois. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it's funny. I I think I only lived there for twelve years, but it was those influential years, uh, and I've always considered myself uh, being from Illinois.
0: Tom, I know that you uh, just tell us a bit of the background. I think listeners are going to be fascinated with this. I know you went to Annapolis, the Naval Academy. Why don't you just take it from there and bring us up to the present?
1: Oh yeah, that's that's always a dangerous question to ask a guy with as much gray hair as I have. But you know, I I that's okay. We
0: have we have two hours here, so we're we're good. (laughs) go ahead.
1: <laughs> I, I lived a blessed life, you know, sort of grew up in uh, suburban uh, Chicago. Um, I had a great life. I was I was taught by nuns in grade school and Benedictine monks Ooh. in high school. Wow. And, you know, my, my life was like Mayberry, uh, but I would also say that my world was really small. I don't think I'd been more than 150 miles from my hometown uh, by the time I was 17. And then uh, literally by the grace of God, and a clerical error in the Navy, um, I was allowed into the Naval Academy.
0: <laughs> no, um, that can't be true. <laughs> uh, it, you were accepted on the merits, weren't you? <laughs> uh, yes,
1: but, but merits, but I wasn't physically qualified to be in the Navy. I was born without depth perception. So you could say I'm a shallow guy. I just say that I, I see in 2D. Um <laughs> okay. But with that, uh, you know, it was all, all over the paperwork uh, from the pre or from the physical. Uh, but they had missed it, and they didn't catch it at the Naval Academy till my senior year. And by that time, they're like, "Oh, you know, uh, the government's invested enough money, and you will give you a waiver." Oh wow! T- to me, that just changed my life because here I went from just, uh, you know my world was really small. It was great, but it was small. And, you know, 17, um, I hadn't been more than 150 miles from my home. By the time a year went by, uh, by the time I came home in 18, um, I had been around the world. I had spent a week in Australia. I had been exposed to so many different people, so many different cultures, um, poverty uh, like I had never seen before, wealth like I had never seen before. And it really expanded my eyes on, you know, how big the world is and how inner connected we are and i love that you know one of the things that i say now is that the richness of my life is is the richness of my relationships mm, yes. and so uh, I, I was uh, fortunate enough to serve in the Navy, was a, uh, a nuclear power officer. So I was running the nuclear power plants uh, in the Navy, and it was just a, a great job. And uh, uh, left the Navy uh, when peace broke out uh, in 92. Uh, everybody remembers the the evil empire. The, yeah, uh,
0: yeah, the fall of the Soviet Union, right? The Iron yeah, Curtain, the, Yeah.
1: Iron Curtain, yeah, it just, just pretty much fell overnight. Yeah, so it did. I looked at it and said, I've done everything that I've wanted to do in the Navy. Uh, by that time, I was married. I had a couple kids and just looked at it and said, um, this is really tough on the family. And uh, while I, I give people all the credit in the world for serving and I thank them, mm-hmm. I also thank their families because they really uh, put up a lot with a lot and contribute a lot. Sure do. So I, I moved back to Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, it was about three hours from where I grew up uh, on a snowy February day. I remember taking the job, and I literally told them, I'll take the job, but I'm not dying in this town. Well, you know, 20-some years later, uh, it's still home. My family grew up here. Uh, my uh, my oldest fell in love with a local boy and has blessed us with two wonderful grandchildren. My, um, uh, my wife says I can't call them great-grandchildren. Cause it makes it sound too old. (laughs) uh, You mean great, like they're great, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, she's a great grandmother. Uh, she just called that. So we've got, uh, uh, we live here in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Tell us
0: about your donkeys, your miniature donkeys. Those are cute. Oh yeah.
1: So we, we live on six and a half acres just outside, um, uh, Kalamazoo. Uh, so we've got two miniature donkeys. Uh, and people say, well, why do you have those? Um, I've got to say two things. One is so that the kids and grandkids come to visit us. Oh, absolutely. I swear they come to see Frodo and Sam, not me. Frodo and Sam, all right. And uh, then the other thing is this way, Pa can say ass whenever he wants to because (laughs) it's not swearing, it's in the Bible, and I'm talking about Frodo and Sam. And. uh, (laughs) I just lo- love the life. And, you know, today work is what you do, not necessarily where you go. So, um, you know, as long as you've got an internet connection and mm. an airport, um, you know, my my world is just as big as it was when I was in the Navy traveling around.
0: So you were in a corporation and then you, um, what was next? You had like a distributorship and then you went into your yeah. own e-commerce business, right?
1: Correct. So I, um, what brought me to Kalamazoo was working for the Stryker Corporation. Okay. And so I worked for a, you know Fortune 500 company in operations, sales, and marketing. Uh, had my own distributorship, uh, selling orthopedic implants to um, hospitals and surgeons, uh, and um, had a e-commerce business, uh, direct to patient durable durable medical equipment. Uh, built that business up and sold it off, and really that led into what we're doing now, which is Interview Valet, and it's uh, the idea that marketing at its heart is starting a conversation with somebody that could be an ideal customer. And instead of trying to break through the noise, which is really probably just adding to the noise, why not focus on getting in on the conversations your ideal customers are already having? So we work with authors, speakers, coaches, brands uh, to get them on podcast interviews that their ideal customers are already listening to.
0: So Interview Valet connects those individuals who want to get on specific podcasts, right? To reach audiences that are like niche audiences that are warm to them.
1: Uh, correct. And the idea is, you don't, you don't need to talk to everybody. You know, there's 7 billion people in the world. And I think the biggest problem we all have right now is obscurity. You know, the, things have changed, well, really in our lifetime from a, an abun- from a scarcity to an abundance, hmm. right? So um, heck, you know, even, you know, 30 years ago or something, you were limited to the customers that could drive to you. Right. So, uh, you know, uh, here in Kalamazoo, you, you didn't have nearly as many customers as they did in Chicago. But now it's a world of abundance. And, you know, uh, right now there's Thousands and millions of people that you know I could serve, that you could serve with your current product or service. The biggest problem we have is obscurity. They just don't know we we exist. So I I really feel you know podcast interviews and podcasting as a whole is a great way to get out there and let people get to know, like, and trust you. Uh, and you know there's a great tweet. It's the best tweet I've ever seen from a guy by the name of Rand Fishkin. Uh, Rand owns a company called SEO Moz. And he says the best way to sell something today is not to sell anything, but to earn the respect, the awareness, and the trust of those who might buy.
0: Mm. Add value to them, right? And just, and mm-hmm. just um, you win them over. So just briefly, what are you seeing in, just in terms of trend lines in podcasting in general, and then specifically with podcast guesting?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, I was at a conference. I was invited to it at Harvard last year, uh, and it was the first conference they'd put on on podcasting, and it really showed how podcasting has evolved. You know, probably five years ago, if you said podcast, if somebody even knew what you were talking about, they were thinking of like Wayne's World. You know, a couple of people down in their mom's basement doing a podcast, and and now Harvard is talking about it. Yeah. And so I, I think, you know, they called it the, the golden age of podcasting, right. similar to the golden age of radio. Um, and so with that, I think more and more people are listening to it. Uh, the studies show that 40% of the U.S. population listens to podcasts. And on average, they're, you know, above average education, above average income. Yep. And I think there's even a lot of people that listen to podcasts, but don't understand or maybe not appreciate that they're listening to a podcast. Right, so maybe they're just listening to something on their computer.
0: Yeah, like an, they, they don't um, think of it. Yeah, it feels or, like you a, know, feels like an online radio show to them, right? Exactly. Or you
1: know, even some of the new cars now, you can download directly to the dashboard. Yep. So you know, I, I have to laugh. I ask my two youngest daughters that are in college, you know, what's a what's what's the pod mean in podcasting? And they they roll their eyes and go, I don't know, Dad. What's the pod stand for? And it's funny because they. They've never known an iPod. They grew up in a, the world of smartphones. And uh, to them, you know, uh, it's not podcasting. is just, you know, something they listen to uh, from their, their smartphone.
0: Yeah. Well, I know that I personally benefit tremendously from podcasts. It's a, it's a way to really, you know, like in a given season of life, pick out some topics or niches that are really relevant to you and that you're really interested in, maybe mm-hmm. need some help in, and, um, you know, walking, driving uh even doing chores, putting earbuds in, doing chores. I mean, it it works. And I've I love feeding my mind and my spirit really with uh great content. Tom, just in general, what what trend lines are you seeing generally in the small business space today and including online business?
1: I think online business um has the biggest potential. Okay. Because once again, because you've got access to so many customers. Um, you know, I used to, uh, at one time we had a brick and mortar store. I can't imagine doing that anymore. You know, having to be there, you know, whatever it is, eight to five, staffing problems, snow problems, uh, electrical outages, um, or even the commute. Um, now it's so much easier to do things online. And I think as we get more comfortable on doing on things online, it actually, some people are preferring that. So for example, you know, my accountant now is probably a thousand miles away and I love working with him because, uh, you know, in the old days I'd have to go get in the car, go to see the accountant, uh, have coffee with them. And it was like a morning event and it wasn't a great use of his time or mine. Now we can jump on, you know, a zoom call or a Skype call, um, at any time and, uh, and get things worked out really quickly. So I think there's great power in it, um, and the other thing that I see for for businesses is that the the barrier to entry or the the cost to play has gone down so dramatically.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, yeah,
1: it, it, it used to be to start a business. Well, you know, you've got to buy servers, you've got to rent an office space,
0: yeah, uh, a lot of it, overhead.
1: Uh, The overhead was just amazing. And now uh, the barriers to entry is so much easier. And your ability to pivot also is so much easier. Uh, You know, if somebody, um, uh, if if you want to take a new direction or test something out, it's very easy to do it online.
0: It really is. And so just as a sort of a sidebar, I mean, if you're listening and you're considering a small business or if you are an emerging voice, you know, maybe you're a pastor, an author, or maybe just um some other type of emerging voice and and you want to see your voice reach out and see what can happen, you know, internationally with your voice as a as a sphere of influence. We we just are big advocates, aren't we, Tom, of, of the world wide web and uh, you know, doing it smart and building authority and trust and reaching out, building an audience. I love it.
1: Ah, uh, very much so. And it's uh, uh, this is all evergreen, so it stays out there. yeah, and 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 to me, you know, your reputation is not what you say about yourself. You know you can go to my LinkedIn profile and see exactly what I wrote about myself. um you you can go to my website and see exactly what I wrote about myself, but nobody really cares about that right? Um, what they're looking at is what do other people say about you? And when you can get out there and talking on podcasts, you know, being involved with other communities, that really gives you a lot of credibility. And, you know, uh, you know, the, the once again, that richness of our lives is the richness of our relationships. You know, I've got great friends who I've never met in real life that live, uh, out of state, out of the country, uh, but still, you know, I would consider them friends. They'd consider me friends, and uh, it's just an amazing time.
0: I, I I really think a key a key thing is to be rightly aligned with the right people, you know, at the right time, doing the right things, talking about the right things, and um, the World Wide Web has just opened that up to us. Right, we're not we're not tied geographically. And we can find these people, and I, I, you know, the power of networking and and lifetime friendships, you know, to really help us live our life, to live our best lives, and that and that's what we're talking about today. You know, we just ended uh, one year, and typically as a calendar year ends, a new year begins. People kind of look back, and I don't know, with me, Tom, it's always a mix of uh, regret and some misses, and also some celebration ah. of some some hits and successes, but then looking to a new season, goal setting. What do you feel about resolutions Tom and you know resolutions with with some not all but some and there's a bad rap you know by Valentine's Day they're over and <laughs> people have shelved them and they're and and even goal setting what what are your thoughts on just on just that in general
1: Well I I give credit for people if they can stay till Valentine's Day. Okay. Uh, When I was, a lot of times when I would do New Year's resolutions, uh, it was like you couldn't make it to January 15th sometimes.
0: Martin Luther King Uh, Day. How about that? Martin Luther King Day. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So, with that, um, uh, there was a great
1: book that I um, read called The 12 Week Year by Brian Moran. uh, Very interesting guy from up uh, in Lansing, Michigan. And he talks about breaking down the year into 12 weeks. And mm-hmm. if you think about it, it, it makes sense. Um, you know, the seasons are, are are pretty much a 12-week season. The quarters are a 12-week season. And it's really hard to focus on anything for 12 months. Uh, you know, a lot of times if I say you know, I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year, well, it's not a problem until, you know, about November when <laughs> I realize I still have 25 pounds to go. Um <laughs> But if you, you actually gained you, five. Okay. Oh well, Hey, yeah. it's it, you know, still a number. Okay. Um, uh, so with that, um, uh, I think if you if you shorten the time frame, yeah, you can get, get more things done. You know, no no farmer says, Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna plant um plant my seeds this year. Well, no, there's a season to do that and then there's a season to harvest it. And to me, I can break things down into smaller um time frames sure. that way. And also, it, it, and I, I don't like the idea of resolutions, uh, but more like goals of, hey, this is what I want to accomplish. And a lot of times I'll have a theme um, for each quarter. You know, a lot of, you know, I, I grew up in the Catholic Church and uh, there was different themes for every season. Mm-hmm. You know, you had Advent, you had Lent, uh, you had uh, the Christmas season, all of those. And so there was an over. Arching thing. So with that, you know, uh, sometimes my uh, my wife and I will say, "What's the theme for this quarter?" And sometimes it's a theme to to travel, to enjoy. There's other times where we could have a quarter of themes of, you know, what we really need to get our household and our life back in order. You know, we need to focus on spring cleaning this uh, uh, this quarter. Even if it's not springtime, we need to systematize some things. We need to put some things in order so it sends up that foundation for that next quarter. Yeah. So I like to look at things more in a, a quarterly basis.
0: I like that too. Hey, friend. just wanted to pull away from our conversation for just a quick moment. We'll get right back to it. We are made for horizons. The research is saying that a key aspect of personal happiness is having quality goals and moving toward them. And here's some news as well. We can start this at any time of the year. I just can't stress that enough. It's not just January. Any time of the year, these dynamics can be triggered and set into motion. So whatever time of the year you're listening to this, Consider it. Don't wait until the next January for goodness sake. In fact, we want to approach it in, in 12 week chunks anyway. Remember to, to take a look at interviewvalet.com. Interviewvalet.com. Uh, Tom is a leader in the nation with linking podcast guest with the right podcast and the conversion rates, 20 times the conversion rates of a blog post and just the metrics on guesting and podcast is off the charts. So consider that. Remember to go to the show notes page. There's opportunity there to sign up for a weekly e-letter and a new item, a brand new item, a free email course, totally free, called Achieve. Go to jesusmartcom forward slash achieve. You'll receive seven emails over a two-week period, separated, you know, every, every two days or so. I think you'll find this will create sparks, new ideas, planning and goal setting and executing on the goals that we set in these major life domains that we're even mentioning on this podcast episode. Now let's get back to the dialogue with Tom Schwab. book by Michael Hyatt, Your Best Year Ever. He talks about 10 uh, life domains and they all affect each other. Areas like financial. I mean, normally we think about financial goals, right? Or maybe physical fitness goals, business goals. But there are, there's also the domains of um, emotional, intellectual, marital, if you're married, right? Parental, if you have children, social goals, What about our social lives, vocational goals? We mentioned that. And even avocational, which is like hobbies and interests, 10 domains. He says they all affect each other, that if we approve in this one or a cluster of these, that it helps us in the other areas. Uh, What are your feelings about that sort of a balanced approach, uh, a global approach, if you will, a comprehensive approach to goal setting?
1: I, I agree with that. You should have goals in every one of those areas. Um, I always put like, what are the, you know, two things that I really want to accomplish in those areas um, this this quarter? And for me, I, I think there's eight eight ones that I look at. So some of those ten that uh, Michael has, I, I might have combined those a little bit. Okay. But I look at say, what are the big rocks that I want to to move in those? And I think it's important. Um, to make progress in all areas of your life. If, if you sort of look at it as a, a circle or a star, if you want to get your life bigger, it's got to be bigger in all directions. It doesn't uh, help if you just go one way.
0: Great picture. Uh, yeah, we get one area like growing like crazy, but the other areas are, are shriveling and dying even. Yeah, and with that too, the the
1: other thing that I struggle with is balance. Um, in some ways, I, I think that's, that whole idea of work-life balance Sets people up to feel like they failed, um, and it's like, oh, everything's not balanced. I, I've, I've never seen life in perfect balance, right? So when you're uh, when you've got a newborn child, um, your life is not in balance. I guarantee you, your sleep is not in balance. Uh, but you look back on those times and say those were great. Uh, you know, farmers, uh, and I think going back to nature is a great um, uh, a, a great example. Right. When when they're bringing in the harvest or they're they're trying to get the seed in, um, they don't say, well, I've got to have work life balance. You know, I I can only work. I think
0: they call that making hay. Right.
1: Yeah, make kay when the sunshine. In fact, you know, I can think of driving uh, through Ohio and Indiana along uh, what's that eighty there, and you know, it, it's pitch black out there. But you see those big John Deere combines with the lights in. on them. Yeah, they've got to get it in. So would you say, well, is that work-life
0: balance? No. I, so, I so what's know. a better and, way to frame it? Is it like holistic or life integration? What 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 could you say about that? I, I would say what what
1: are you called to in this season? You know. Um, I see when you're, when you've got a a brand new newborn child, um, you know, what has God called you to in that season? Maybe it's not to be a parent to a newborn and train for an Ironman and launch a new business, (laughs) right? Um, Some some unrealistic expectations there. Yeah. Exactly. And if you try balancing all of those, um, I'm afraid you're going to feel like a failure. And I look at it now, it's like, um, here, we're recording this in, in the winter. I, I try to get Like if I'm working on my business, I want to work on it more when it's cold and there's not as many things to do outside. So I don't mind, you know, getting up really early and working on it because I know over the summertime, um, that's a season that I want to enjoy things more. I like that Um,
0: thinking. Yeah, I really do. So sort of keeping our eye on the big picture, we got a whole year or even a set of years that we're working with on some of these goals and realizing that there are seasons where we're going to be majoring on some of these certain life domains, right? More than others. Mm-hmm. But in the long run, we're tr- seeking to live a life that is integrated, right? We're, we're really trying to live a, a full-orbed life. Yes, I love that thinking. Now, we're coming from a Christian worldview, of course, on JesusSmart.com. <laughs> we're not coming from a secular <laughs> worldview. We're coming from a Christian worldview. So, here's my question. I believe, and I think you do too, you tell me, but I believe there's sort of a big story that God is pursuing, a grand narrative, over time, you know, we can see this across the arc of scriptures into our time and what we believe is coming. And then I believe that our personal life story, you know, that God has saw fit to cause us to be born at such a time in such a geographic with a certain skill set and, you know, life aspirations, and that our personal life story is at its best when it harmonizes with his design and fits into his grand narrative I know that's a big mouthful, a big paragraph there, but what do you think about that, that really big framework to think about? Uh, and I love that, and um, I
1: love how you said it, that we're supposed to fit into his grand plan, not he is um, supposed to fit into <laughs> our grand plan. Uh, you know, that um, uh, there's so many times that in, in my life um, uh, that it's sort of like I'm made in the image of God. So you know, if A equals B, then B equals A, right? Um, I, I'm trying to uh, say, God support me in my plan, right? Um, if, if if you love me, I know God is telling me this. I've got to do it, and and sometimes I'm trying to talk God into it. Um, He's very very patient, but he doesn't change his mind. So I'm just trying to be open to say, what do do you want me to do? And never to be so certain in myself that I'm not open um, to what he brings brings in my life. Uh, You know, an example I use is that I used to go to conferences and Brian, I would have this list of things that I had to accomplish at that conference, right? Here's the people I want to talk to. um, Here's the things I want to do. Here's the breakout sessions I want to go to. Right. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I had sat down, and uh, uh, whether I, I figured it out or um, uh, God was telling me what to write down, uh, I, I thought, well, this is what I've got to do. This is what I've got to do. And I've come to the realization of that I just want to be open to things, right? Uh, I was at a conference a, a few years ago, and it struck me. Uh, I got a little bit frustrated because I missed a session. But you know, the next thing I knew, I was talking to somebody, and this conversation just fed my soul. Um, you know, it's like maybe this is the reason that I was here for this entire thing. Yeah. And I want to, I want to be open to sure. that. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of my favorite scriptures is, you know, "Be still and know that I am God." Yeah. In, in the um, in the Tom Schwab translation to okay. that. Which is, you know, the unofficial translation is, sit down, shut up, you're not God.
0: I'm going to have to get that translation. That sounds good. And so uh,
1: a lot of times I just got to remember that, you know, that uh, be still and know that he is God, you're not. And just be be open to things.
0: So you said it was sit down, shut up, and listen, right? You're not God, yeah. (laughs) You're not God. Wow. So I mean, how do you do that, Tom? do you is is um, do you what do you do? Do you journal? Do you meditate? Do you pray? Do you have quality conversation with your wife? How what are some key elements for you to, to pick up a more accurate take on what your life story is to be and, and, and fitting into that grander narrative?
1: Yeah, I think some of it is just being starting out with being thankful for what for what I'm given, right? Uh, there was there was so many times early on in my prayer life, it would start out with um, uh, I would give God advice <laughs> and, and I would give him a, a list of things that, uh, you know, he should do for me and that this is the way the world should work out. Did you have another uh, verse for
0: that from the Tom Schwab translation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, and
1: I, it was actually a friend uh, that had, we'd been friends from high school. Uh, he was like a brother to me and he got uh, diagnosed with uh, pancreatic cancer, mm. actually got the uh, uh, the same disease that Walter Payton had. Uh, he was sick. He, he told me he was sick between Christmas and and New Year's, uh, and he was back with the Lord by St. Patrick's Day. Wow! And he was he was laid up with pancreatitis for about six weeks while he was waiting to go to uh, Mayo Clinic for the definitive surgery. And I can remember driving back and forth um, from Chicago to see him. And having discussions with God, you know, you could say it was prayer. You could say it was me yelling, um, but uh, you know, I yelled and said, you know what, you know, God, He's a good man. Why don't you just let him get healthy um, from his pancreatitis, so he can go up there have his definitive surgery um, and and move on with his life? Um, And you know, I yelled. God was polite to listen. And not strike me dead. Um, But with that, you know, as it turned out, he went up there for his definitive surgery, um, came home, and well, he almost bled out on the table and died. Uh, He was able to come home and then. his second day home, we were actually over on, on our way over to see him uh, when uh, when he was walking outside just in the mailbox with the kids. Um, his he is a, a physician and his wife is a physician, and he uh, he told the kids to take the dog for a walk around the block. He looked at his wife, who's a physician, and said, "Call the ambulance, I'm bleeding out." And you know, he was dead twelve hours later. Um, and I looked at that and I thought, hmm. if God had listened to me on my demands of Him. He wouldn't have had that six weeks at home with his children. And so, with that, you know, I just from then on looked and said, you know, God, help me to understand what your plan is, as opposed to me telling what I think your plan should be.
0: Yeah. You're saying it starts with gratitude. And I think that is so key. And I think that we need to have margin in our lives, like space to get quiet, maybe to journal, right? Certainly to pray. Mm -hmm. maybe quality conversation. I really think the Lord enters into quality conversations, gets in the mix. And then, you know, we just need to trust that if we're walking with the Lord, uh, that many times, in fact, maybe a lot of times he speaks to us in our own sense of desire and instinct and thoughts. He gets in the mix, you know, and mingles his own heart and mind with us you know, so it's not like we're waiting for an angel to come down with a message from on high or some kind of a stone tablets to be inscribed for us to come <laughs> down from the mountain. But, you know, we, we, we sell ourselves short that if we're really seeking the Lord and want his story and we're doing some of these basic disciplines which bring life to us, you know, um, that he gets in the mix in our own thoughts, our own, our own heart.
1: Yeah, think, think about it. If, if I was to introduce you to the richest person in the United States, and who was also the smartest and wisest person in the United States, and you know you had whatever it was, an hour with him. Um, oh, I would just
0: talk the whole hour.
1: Uh, would you talk the entire hour yeah. and tell them you know uh, what your opinion on things was <laughs> or or would you ask a question and be quiet and and listen to everything he said Absolutely. and you think about it uh you know god's the the richest person the wisest person he made everything um and uh if i've got access to that i want to listen more Man. ask some questions and then just be quiet
0: i'd be there with my my notepad my pen my digital recorder everything um, i bring my wife to make sure I didn't miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Michael Hyatt says that we, we really must mix gratitude and abundance thinking. I, I like it that you've touched on that already. We, we must mix gratitude and abundance the- thinking to get us into a, what I would call a peak state, so that we can envision that next season, let's say that next quarter or that next six months, and then do some goal setting. I mean, how how important is that to you? Instead of just coming to it passively, or maybe with regret and a bad state of mind because you don't like how things have been going.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You you wonder if the mindset drives the gratitude, or the gratitude drives the mindset. Hmm. But the the older I get, the more I see that you know so much of life is just how you look at it, the mindset. Um, and so, from that, I think if you start with gratitude, of hey, Lord, I'm thankful for all of these things I have. You know, we should pinch ourselves when we wake up in the morning. There was a comedian that did a uh, a skit about, um, uh, you know, people complain that the Wi-Fi on the airplane um, isn't fast when they, you know, you're, you're sitting, <laughs> you're sitting in a, a tin can going 500 miles an hour. Um, you know, six miles, whatever it is, uh, above the uh, the earth, um, and you know that a hundred years ago, people took uh, a year to do that, and they died along the way, <laughs> and, and we complain that the internet's not fast enough. So I think it if you amazing. just start, you start on you know how lucky we are, and we just need to um, how blessed we are. Yeah, we need to rehearse
0: and review, don't
1: we? Yeah, and with that, it's like. Um, uh, focusing on that and how, how blessed we are, then you can say, okay, what more is open? If you focus on, I don't have this, you know, I don't have that, then that's sort of just a negative mindset. And I don't know, I just, I, I think when I had children, and then especially now with grandchildren, I, 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 I see the Bible differently. I see God differently. And, you know, if, if you've got a child that is just always complaining and ungrateful, do you really want to bless them with more? Um, or the one that uh, is, is just so grateful and happy for everything, you know, that's the one that you want less more. And maybe that's a it's an untheological.
0: No, I, I I think it is theological. Here's my idea: you talk about pinching yourself, right? Yep. So if you get up in bed by yourself, just every morning pinch yourself as a physical reminder of it. If you're married, pinch your spouse, and then <laughs> if you have kids, just go around and pinch them in bed before they wake up. All as. <laughs> Sort of a physical call to action to be grateful today and, and to get with the program, right?
1: <laughs> well, I, I, like, uh, I want to save a marriage here, so I'm not sure I'm going to wake my wife up with pinching, but I would <laughs> love that to challenge people around me. If you ever hear me complain, just go ahead and you have permission to pinch me. And that, that would be a way to realize that. Do you realize how good your life is? And you're complaining about this?
0: Yeah, really. Sort of a neurological message. It gets imprinted on our brain if if, if if we just get pinched every time we're in that state. Yeah. Well, you know, Michael Hyatt says we have to remind ourselves that we have what he calls agency. And I kind of knew what he meant, but I looked it up and it basically means we have the power to 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 plan and to act and to affect change in our lives. We We do have agency, right? We're not Helpless and hapless, we are created in God's image. We have minds, we have a will, we can make decisions. And I, I like something I just read the other day. Uh, and I'm, I know we're coming in for a landing here, but um, Jesus approached some blind men. Some blind men were crying out, you know, Jesus, have mercy on me. And He comes up to them, and He did this, I think, several times in the Gospels. But He says, "What do you want? What do you want me to do for you?" And I, I you know, I read that and I think, isn't it? obvious that they want to be healed, their sight? Why is he, it sounds almost insultful, what, what do you want? And yes, they were blind, but but somebody was saying that their greatest need was for clarity. Could they articulate, what is your why? What is your passion? You know, what do you want? I, I think the Lord looks at us more, a lot more like that than we know, you know? What do you want? I've created you. I've placed some things in you, but I want you to say what it is. I want you to tell me what you want, and I want you to pray about it, think about it, plan it, right? Set some goals. We do have agency, right, Tom? Uh,
1: Very much so. And I think um, as you were talking about that, I was thinking uh, there was an article I read the other day uh, where the, the gentleman, I can't remember who it was, but talked about, you know, when you ask somebody, how can I help you? And they're like, oh, I don't know. It's like, you better be clear on how, you know, how somebody can help you or the same the same way with with God. Um, be clear on what you're asking for. know, um, I always give advice to everybody, uh, like when you're hiring a new employee, the first thing that you should do is pray to God and be very, very specific um, on who you want, what they look like, what they can do, their skills, their talents. And and I say that to everybody. And I remember somebody said, well, I'm not religious. I don't pray. I'm like, I don't care if you don't think there's a God, right? If you have to verbalize that out in your mind of exactly the person you want— uh, that will help you work through it and see yeah. the action and you know whether or not they believe in God God believes in them and um, you know we'll give them the answers uh too of you know hey here's the type of person you want
0: yeah to to articulate it right to to define what you want he, he approached the blind men and he wanted them to say to articulate what they wanted not everybody wants to be healed not everybody you know what I mean that is true some people want to stay in a, in a bad state because they, they think they're a victim. They somehow enjoy that in some perverse way that they, you know, they get attention or something, but he wanted them to articulate. And I, and I just think that we need to really think that through. We need to maybe, we definitely need to write things down. There's power in writing. We know this, that, what, what is it? You have a, uh, it jumps 40 some percent when you write goals down, whether you achieve them or not, instead of just thinking about them.
1: I, I think it, to take it one step further, um, I like to not only write the goals down, but then read them out loud at the at the morning um and the evening. Affirm because them. It, put, yeah. it, it puts it puts it top of mind, and there's something about hearing them. Uh, it's too easy for me to to write the New year's resolution down. And then when I'm cleaning up my office, uh, you know, in February, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, that was my goal.
0: you're that is so good. yeah, affirm it verbally and even say it. I think some people would say, even say it in the first person present tense, as if you yes. already were that, right? As if statements. So pray it, say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think behind saying it is writing it first, but say it. Uh, and and then r- really develop some tactics, right, Tom, to implement the goals. I mean, we can have a strategy, but we do need practical tactics to implement these goals, even in these 10 domains that, that Michael Hyatt speaks of most definitely. Yeah. And, and write those down, just begin to execute on that. I I think we're saying, um, not only think about your year, but think about the 90 day year concept and review every quarter and uh, maybe adjust goals as needed. Right. Mm Uh, think things through as needed. I love it, Tom. Hey, Tom, thanks a lot for this. Uh, I know this is going to help people. It helps me, I love the conversation and I think people are going to hear it now. And you know what? Don't just think about these things in December and January. If you're listening to this like in July, which there will be people who will listen in July, just engage these processes throughout the 12 month year, right, Tom? Very much so. I mean, it's a. Uh, Don't drift. Uh, uh, why does the year have to
1: start on January one? Uh, you know, different companies have different physical years. Yeah, uh, you you can make New Year's Day whatever you like, and that's that's one of the reasons I like doing the twelve week years because you know it's a it's a fresh start uh, every twelve weeks.
0: Good point. It's just the what is it the Gregorian calendar? I think it's based on paganism anyway. <laughs> so why <laughs> why I think about just January one? I mean, what about the Jewish year? I think the Jewish New Year begins in September. The head of the Jewish year, which right, you know, uh, which uh, is
1: like the harvest,
0: yeah, yeah, so um, i I love this idea of just keep renewing. I think the Japanese have a word called Kaizen. Have you heard of this? I a uh,
1: continual improvement con-
0: continuous improvement, just never stop improving, not in a performance controlling way, not up OCD, not legalistic, but just renewal, right renewal constantly somebody told me this morning in a conversation we were talking about other things but he said that and i and i forgot about this idea but that the happiest people one of the key elements of their happiness is that they have goals and they're moving towards them and there's happiness in the journey and and there's other other elements to happiness too but that's a key part hey tom thanks a lot i appreciate you we need to talk more i love what you're saying what you're doing and um Thanks for spending time with us today, okay?
1: Thank you, Brian. This conversation definitely fed my soul, too. All right.
0: All right. God bless. Hey there, friend. You need to trust your instinct and your desire. Well, you know, let me qualify that as a Christ follower, uh, that context. As we are pursuing the Lord and growing and developing as a Christ follower, at some point, We need to begin to trust our instincts, our desires, our own thinking, and and the Lord, believing that the Lord by his spirit is getting in the mix with us. And we need to start, start having confidence to move on that, pray about it, begin to move on it. Remember that gratitude and abundance thinking, when we mix that with planning and goal setting, we get into a peak state and all bets are off. And be encouraged to get clear, get clear on what's needed, get clear on what you want. We have agency under God to move toward a preferred future with his design. See more about Tom Schwab and his business, interviewvalet.com. Really encourage that. This is number two in a four-part series called Achieve. We have another guest next week and then for the fourth session, helping us to think and discuss these ideas and concepts. I hope you're enjoying it. Thanks, friend, for rating, reviewing, and following Jesus Smart the Podcast on iTunes and other major podcast apps. It's also on Spotify and YouTube. When you do this, it helps others discover the content to see if it's a good fit for them. Plus, it keeps you connected. Visit JesusSmart.com to see the show notes page for this episode. You can leave thoughts and questions there. There's a contact page. And you'll often find an additional resource or two to dive deeper with the topic of the day. Also, go to jesussmart.com forward slash achieve a brand new mini free email course, seven emails over a two-week period. I think it will spark you on these ideas of planning, goal setting, envisioning, and executing on those goals. You can take this any time of the year, I'm becoming more and more of an advocate of that. This is not only January. This is April. This is July. This is September. Any time of the year. As always, with Jesus, our horizon is smart. It's a royal narrative. Make it a smart week. And my friend, all the best until next time.